today's topic, I want to be talking about living in love and what that means for us. Um, But also I want to explore all the ways in which we attach different meanings to love and what love really is on an energetic level. So for those of you that don't know me, my name is Lana Almula. I currently work as a nutritional therapist, um, seeing clients privately, doing one-on-one nutritional consultations. You can find most of my work up on my website, atableforone.com, where I like to publish various articles and writings on my own site and to different online and offline publications. I have also just completed my Reiki level one, which is awesome because that means I can start practicing Reiki and I've, whilst I've been doing it on uh, family and friends, it's been very interesting to see how it works or to understand more of how it works. So uh, delving into a little bit more on into natural healing, um, which has been really awesome. So today's topic was really started off, um, it really came into my mind through writing, actually. I was writing a post on Instagram, um, which you can find, again, all my socials are up on my website, but on Instagram I'm known as Lunar Oniari. Um, that's L-U-N-A-R, Oniari, O-N-I-Y-A-R-I. So some of you might be following me on there already, um, but it is where I like to do a lot of my blurbing and writing. Um, so today I was writing a post and sort of like my online journal, Instagram, um, and I tend to, to share a lot of my thoughts. And I was writing about how we are all on our own separate journeys and we really must respect other people's way of thinking but also other people's way of doing things, how we may reach whatever it is we need to reach in our lifetimes, um, other people may reach in different ways. So, you know, for me, that's, you know, I, my my goal to, to love, and I'll go into what love means in a little bit, but my goal towards love comes through natural healing, um, whether, you know, my journey's taken me through understanding and learning about nutrition to being able to pass that on to others because life is giving and receiving, um, you know, and then delving further into other methods of natural healing and also p- bringing that towards myself. So doing natural healing for me, um, you know, whether it's meditation or or yoga or spending time in nature or connecting with one another or expressing emotions, you know, various different methods for me, I feel lead me towards uh, what it is that love really means for me. And I did not know this and I wasn't aware of where I was going. I just, I followed what felt good. And years ago, um, I was talking to this very interesting individual that I'd met. And he was a serious eco-warrior. And I think I was in maybe my first year of nutrition. And I'd before nutrition, I'd been through a very big sort of spiritual journey from, I mean, it, it was 
within me from a very young age as it's within all of us from a young age but along the the ways of my teenage years I was very heavily distracted and pulled in all the wrong directions or the right directions depending on how you look at it because they all led me to a greater place um but you know I did all the things that probably more <laughs> more of all the things that uh, a naughty kind of rebellious teenager would do um, in very destructive ways but I was very heavily guided after that through meeting certain people at such crazy times which I you know believe were definitely not coincidences and they all led me to um, to different various uh, methods of healing I suppose and it was one specific person at the very beginning who uh, still pops into my life now and then and uh, we keep in contact and uh, he and it was nothing romantic in the slightest um, we met in very odd circumstances and very unexpected circumstances I was maybe 19 was midnight in Leicester Square, completely stoned out of my mind. So <laughs> it was something that I loved to do. I was a massive pothead. And, um, you know, midnight with the munchies, went down to McDonald's, didn't expect anything of it. You know, had my glasses on, eyes were bloodshot red, strolling around in my tracksuits with uh, one of my girlfriends. And uh, on our way out, just I was so drawn to this music this live music that was being played of these drums this drumming and and this singing and this gathering and I, I looked over and I was like wow what's that I want to join and I was just drawn to this sound of music and I went over there and there was this real sense of community in this small little gathering um, you know around this man who is busking um, playing money, uh, playing money, playing music for, for a little bit of change. And, uh, you know, everyone was kind of sharing laughter and, and singing and dancing. And this was midnight in Leicester Square. And you'd usually get a lot of very odd characters. It's one of the busier places in London that's probably full of drunks, especially on a weekend night. But um, everyone seemed pretty sane and pretty sober. And I was sort of like, wow, what's going on? Or as sober as I thought maybe. But <laughs> um, And then there was this one guy who was very much involved and was banging on the drums as well, but handing round his his handing his food out and offered us a, a bit of food. And I just thought, wow, gosh, these people are so lovely. And, and I stopped and I looked at him and I was like, do you all know each other? He was like, no, no, we just all met tonight. I was like, okay. Um, so here everyone was gathered so uh spontaneously around this this drummer who was creating such a beautiful community and you know I just I was I didn't understand anything I was just sort of like wowed in the moment and uh, we continued to talk to this guy who spoke all of a sudden in five different languages and I was more and more intrigued and I was like where are you from and his answer you know was the universe and I was like what <laughs> this person is alien and I love it um and you know he went on to tell us he makes music and etc so I was very intrigued and when we left um, I went home and at the time it was MySpace was the social media I don't know if you guys remember but MySpace was um, 
sort of like a Facebook but revolved around music so people who made music or loved music would share their profiles online and um, I went I was signed up on there anyways and I added him on MySpace and I was checking out his page and I was like oh okay that's not what I expected you know a lot of his um, people he was following were yogis and uh, spiritual uh, people um, you know, from Hindus to Buddhists, and uh, he was probably about five years older than me, or maybe a little bit more, um, and I was so intrigued, and that really caught my attention, because it was something that I was, again, I was so uh, guided by as, as a young child, just, it was just something that I, I was very heavily guided by, can't explain and I think we all are when we're kids and somewhere along the lines we get lost and it was sort of this re reigniting of this like light that I had been missing almost and um I waited a couple of days and then I messaged a, a very long message um you know of which I was basically sort of seeking guidance and I you know I said I, I noticed you you are into all of these things and I sort of went out to this stranger that I had just met and spoke about all of my hardships that I'd been facing and and this is what I'm actually going through in my life right now and and you know I would love to get help sort of thing like can you guide me in the right direction and I still look at him as such a profound teacher in my life because this carried on for years and it still carries on and really every spiritual person I have met today that has taught me something has been connected to this one person that I met that has led me to all these different uh, various ways of healing that just kept sort of opening me up and 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 taking me closer to love and to light and so initially he he uh guided me towards this meditation practice that happened every Tuesdays and it was free and it was a, a Hindu meditation um, and it uh, you know took place for a couple of hours every week weekday night evening and I went and I loved it and then uh, you know I'd catch up and I'd, I'd write to him back and he'd write to me back and he was so kind and so generous and really took his time to listen and, and talk to me just even though it was all virtual and through essays of messages through the social media platform you know he would really be guiding me and I continued and continued and I went and every time I'd go and I explored Sufism and I explored Hinduism and I was around 20 at this point around 20 years old maybe 19 still and I carried on and I carried on exploring and then I, I, you know, carried on. I started yoga from a younger age, but I carried on with the yoga and I carried on exploring all these different various forms of meditation. And <clears throat> and then a, a lot of things started happening in my life then where, you know, I, uh, you know, went through other relationships. So it was up, down, up, down, up, down and you know, went through more hardships and faced with more uh, difficulties and then, you know, relationships ended and then destruction got a little bit worse and all of a sudden I was drinking far too much and um, 
it got to a point where that was bad enough where I had a real wake-up call in the most unexpected ways um, and I took a vow after this one big horrible incident happened that I would stop drinking and my whole kind of life came crashing down and all of a sudden I was lost because for me alcohol was obviously a massive crutch and it seemed so normal because everybody drinks alcohol and everybody goes to the pub and everybody likes a glass of wine with dinner or or a pint of beer maybe not everybody but I certainly did and majority of people did and actually it was so not the norm to not drink so you know you'd have a drink it was completely normal whether it was a drink every day or but the intention that was behind the drinking for me was very unhealthy. So I was drinking excessively. Um, I mean, I drink at home a lot. I drink alone a lot. Uh, it was kind of the, the, the buzz, that little buzz of feeling a little bit drunk that I just fell in love with. And it made me feel like I could get on with my day if I just had a little bit of that buzz every day. Um, and then it got, uh, yeah, just more and more destructive. And so I never saw myself as somebody that had any issues. I was just a young kid having fun. And, um, you know, until this big kind of event happened that sort of woke me up. And even in its waking up, I was in denial. And I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. And, you know, argued and and uh, shouted out about it and you know it was just fighting 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 and then uh it was only when a, a close family member actually my sister um said to me you know maybe you do have a little bit of a problem when you drink and I was like huh she was like you know you do you are a bit like this person when you drink and you know blah 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 and and this you know, this other person that was telling me all of this um, was not a very nice person. So it was easy for me to deny. But to hear it come from my sister, I was like, oh, OK, you know, this is somebody who loves me and somebody I trust and somebody who's very close to me and close to my heart. So I just thought, shit, you know, OK. And that kind of gave me the trigger to reflect a little bit more. And and I went a little bit into sort of understanding maybe how alcohol really wasn't serving me and maybe I did need to stop drinking and I sat there and all of a sudden I was just slapped in the face with reality and I was like wow okay something does need to change in my life now like you know it can't carry on like this and it was so interesting and I guess because it was seen as so much the norm and I was always seen as the sort of joker in the group you know the one that sort of always did like silly things and naughty things and it was entertainment for all my friends and it was entertaining when we were together and it was just you know it was it was fun to get fucked up for lack of better words um but I think very few people ever saw the destructive side I mean I didn't see the destructive side until the very end and it could have totally continued to spiral out of control um if this uh if this person, this person made a very short appearance in my life, but brought on such profound lessons, 
um, you know, if this person hadn't entered my life, this is a different person to the one that I was talking about that I met in Leicester Square. This was a, you know, somebody that was very poisonous in my life, but taught me very big lessons. Um, and he kind of came in for about two to three months, maybe four months of my life. And uh, there's a, a really beautiful saying that my therapist says to me is sometimes, Lana, the angel has dark wings. And uh, I do believe that was the case in this time because he did teach me, uh, I mean, he was the sort of the um, the ignition to the kind of, or the explosion that set my whole life to change for the better. Um, so it was really during those times where I hit my pitfall of crap. And... I sort of sat for a few days, for a week, even for two weeks, and I contemplated how I could move forward. And two weeks, maybe it was a week even, because a week for me without drinking was actually uh, quite a lot, because even if I wasn't getting drunk uh, out of my mind, which a lot of the time I wasn't, I was just, I'd have a beer, you know, with, my, with every meal. I'd uh, have a wine with dinner. I'd have a wine if I was sitting at home reading a book or watching a movie. Um, but every day there was something, there was some sort of a substance. And I um, yeah, I, I uh, sat there and I thought, shit, you know, do I need to go to AA meetings? Like, I don't think I'm an addict. <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm an alcoholic. I mean, essentially, we're all addicts to something in this society. Um, but at the time, I was just I was like, I don't think I'm an alcoholic. Like, I don't, I'm not drunk morning until night. You know, I don't, I don't need alcohol to survive, or that's what I thought. And then I sort of went on and I was looking up online and I was like, okay, what makes me an alcoholic? And I think I went on to the AA's uh, website or some website and I was reading and I was like, ah, oh, interesting, okay. And my whole perception of what it means to be an addict or an alcoholic was so, uh, was, was heavily changed because I realized it's not in the amount that you do things that makes you an addict it's the intention that you do them with and that was such a new perspective for me and such a new way of understanding because I think we always well at the time I always just looked at people to be you know they're not alcoholics or not addicts just because they're not drinking every day it doesn't mean they're less of an addict than um someone who is using a substance in an unhealthy way and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's every day uh, it can be once a week it can be once every few weeks it's the intention the intention to escape the intention to use it as a crutch to to use it in a, in a way where it's unhealthy or destructive and I was like okay interesting well let's go to a meeting and see what it holds and I think at the time I tried to open up to somebody but it was sort of just not really received or understood properly um, and so I just went along and it was kind of my own journey and I sat in this room of people sort of all putting their hands up and I was very quiet and at the end obviously it being my first time I had this rush of people come towards me like hi 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 you're new you're new uh you know take my number I can be your mentor um you know what's your story how are you blah blah, blah. you know like 
how are you feeling like well done for being here and I was sort of a bit overwhelmed um and I was like well this is all very new to me this really sweet girl um gave me her number and messaged me at night and was like how are you doing and I said I'm fine and I'm you know going to see a couple of friends and she'd be like okay stay strong and I'd be like I don't feel like I need to stay strong or that I'm in I just remember receiving that message going okay um and then I went back to about three or four, maybe five other meetings. And then I'd sat there and I I usually did a lot of the listening. Um, I didn't really talk much. I was trying to scope out if this was for me. And then I sat there and I realized I'm, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just depressed. <laughs> um, and actually, I guess that's the the reasons why a lot of us use different substances because it is to you know to fill a void to to fill a hole that maybe depression we you know and that's precisely I'm sure over the years why I was doing it that's probably why I smoked loads of weed and and you know drank loads and at the time I didn't see it like that at the time I was just smoking weed and drinking alcohol I was young and having fun and who cares and I just wanted to be oblivious and run around wild and free but when it had all stopped I kind of a lot of my perspectives were changing I guess I was able to approach the situation with much more clarity and a lot more self-reflection and uh, I started to realize well actually uh, yeah I am depressed but maybe that's more the root cause not the the alcohol isn't the issue it's more that I'm depressed and I, I reached out to the girl that was messaging me and I said, you know, I think I'm just depressed, to be honest. And do you know anywhere I can go? And I never heard back from her. So it's like, OK, back to square one. And I felt so lost. And then it was in that period of feeling so lost that I um, just was a zombie for around six months. And that was... Uh, I spoke about this in episode one and embracing darkness. Um, but that was when I was literally just walking around with pure apathy, but numbness that I just couldn't explain. And I just, yeah, it was, it was to the point of nothing could make me laugh and nothing could make me cry. And I was begging for that. I would not even laugh. I wanted to cry because to cry for me was such a release. And in the past I'd been used to crying and it always made me feel better, but I couldn't even cry. I was trying so hard to think of things that would make me sad just so I could cry. Like, what is making me sad right now? Like, how can I cry? Like, what? why am I feeling this way? And I'd try and dig at it in, in my head and think, okay, you know, was it this breakup? Is it this? Is it... And nothing was making me have any emotion. I was so numb. And it's one of the worst feelings in the world, I can tell you. Like, I'm sh sure a lot of you will be able to resonate with me on this um, or some of you might not but it was just such a you know some people hate feeling emotional and they're like oh I don't want to you know cry again or but there is nothing worse than not being able to feel and babies made me really happy and I'd you know I'd go and try and spend time with with a baby or a friend's baby or but I just was so disconnected and I I couldn't feel it in my heart I couldn't feel it in my mind I couldn't feel it in my body um I'd lie there for hours in bed just staring at my ceiling I had this this is really dark but I'm going to open up to you um I had this kind of 
metal rail that goes across my ceiling and it was there to kind of hang a drape off and I, I had it eventually had a drape coming down it and I used to stare at that and I just thought what difference like would it be if I hung myself And talking about that now still gets me so emotional. <sighs> and I guess that's exactly why I like to express myself on this podcast. Because um, as much as it can help others, it's also a very big way for me to heal myself. through expression which is something that I didn't do very much of so yeah I used to just think there'd be no difference between life or death right now that's just how I felt uh you know what would be the the issue if I did just die and I lay like that for a very long time and then um, you know I was living in my family house at the time but uh, my brothers my younger brother so there's five of us siblings and my mum and dad who are divorced so my father was living in the Middle East with my brother and sister um, and my younger brothers were studying in America so essentially it was just me and my mother and she was traveling a lot so it was it was easy for all of those emotions to have gone unnoticed um you know it, I was very isolated so I think a lot of people didn't know I didn't reach out to anyone I was just kind of you know I guess people get on with lives life and just that's you know I was just very in my own in my own place and that's when I one day just had a surprise visit by my nutritionist at the time who I completely forgot was coming to the house and I had no time to pretend and um she came she came around and I was just like fuck and I mean I hadn't eaten for days weeks uh, I was living off just chain smoking and the odd thing I could kind of maybe eat here and there but I was chain smoking and again I was just occasionally had a bottle of wine by my bed um but she came round and um we sat down to have what was meant to be a, a nutritional consultation a follow-up and I just tried to make myself look tidy but I mean there was no pretending here she took one look at me and was like nutrition's not going to save you forever Lana you know what's what's going on and I was just staring at a wall and I just looked at her and I, I shook my head and I was just like I don't know uh, I haven't been able to eat and she just looked at me so distressed and concerned and said okay well you know we need to get you to eat and blah 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 and she left I don't, I don't really remember much I, she left and uh my sister had come to town and she'd actually spoken with my sister and 
my sister would then come into my room and be like here have a protein shake and I was like uh okay um and then I realized my nutritionist had spoken to my sister and was trying to get her to be aware of what was going on for me and uh, get me to start eating (laughs) obviously um being a nutritionist that was you know she wanted to get me back into a good place but at the same time had also sent me uh leaflets uh and this this sort of a a booklet and leaflet and uh information to the Hoffman process which was the intensive therapy retreat for eight days as well as a, a number to a therapist who is my therapist today and so really it's incredible because I've been so heavily guided by people uh, and so heavily guided by um, women in my life that took such a a, a figure shape of, of mothers <clears throat> and I, I think that was a lot of my issue sort of uh, during my teenage years is that uh, there was a little bit of an absence of mothering but then these other people in my life came in in you know not the way an everyday mother I, mean, I wasn't living with these people and I still craved that that mother love and that mother attention but they were guiding me in such a mothering way and um so I I went and I saw this therapist I was desperate to go and I and uh, with the leaflet she gave me a book by written by Tim Lawrence called You Can Change Your Life and I didn't actually read that until two years later but it is an incredible incredible book um an incredible self-help book for any of you that are interested in in that sort of thing and again it's called You Can Change Your Life by Tim Lawrence and they sell it on Amazon and he is a facilitator I think somewhat now a director of the Hoffman process he he does something within the Hoffman process and the therapist that I was seeing was also a facilitator on the Hoffman process although she's now moved on to do her own incredible retreats which I'm hoping to take part in uh this sometime this year as um yeah I think there's still still de- oh, I'm always learning and there's still definitely uh, a lot more work being uncovered recently that I know needs to be done and so I uh I went to see her and that's that's you know again when my life started changing again so I had this first meeting of this guy in Leicester Square who you know was showing me meditation and spirituality and then I went through you know a bit of a disconnection again and went through a real downfall and a real crash and then went to exploring how to get help and you know from AA meetings to then being caught out uh you know which was such a blessing in disguise um uh and then to seeing my therapist who uh then opened up my world to insane amounts of of healing of expression mainly because that was my issue was that I wasn't expressing things that I had gone through 10 20 years before uh you know from childbirth until and a lot of people think that that's the scary part of therapy it's like oh I don't want to unlock all this past stuff and that's worse for me and it's just going to bring this heavy cloud on me and it, it can seem so daunting but the relief that you get with it the relief that I got with it the that first session that I went to see her where she made me do these exercises of releasing anger through writing and burning paper and kickboxing and releasing and shouting um wow you know I went to bed with the biggest smile on my face for the first time ever I could feel that sense of relief was is worth 
any amount of pain for sure my journey after that was you know tremendous amounts of healing tremendous amounts of feeling you know downs as as much as there were ups there were so many downs and it was through these I was kind of just going through these tunnels uh, uh, little pathways of, of, of darkness trying to you know and then I'd get to a little bit of light and then it would lead me to another little tunnel of darkness and and these were all accumulations of my past and they were so necessary and it was almost like it's like the longer we leave them to build up yes the the, the not necessarily but but you know we owe it to our uh, traumas and pains in our life to face them, to to deal with them. And the longer we leave them to accumulate, you know, the more we suffer from things like depression and, and physical illness um, as well. Uh, you know, so much is of the body is linked to the mind and we store so much of our emotions in our organs, in our in our physiological processes that, you know, it's very interesting because you know my my uh, my physical ailment is Hashimoto's which is an autoimmune disease of the thyroid the thyroid gland sits in the throat um you know the throat is is very heavily obviously governed by our throat chakra which is the uh chakra that gives us the ability to express to talk you know to use our voice and that's something that I never did my mom said I didn't talk until I was three and then I was a very quiet child I was very inwards I you know I didn't express if I was sad I maybe showed it through tears but um and tantrums when I was younger but that was very not heard I was you know my my uh story when I was younger was that I I wasn't heard a lot and um so maybe through that because I felt like I wasn't heard I just stayed quiet um it was a better way maybe that was my way of of not feeling hurt it's like if I if I didn't talk um you know I wouldn't necessarily go through being unheard but then I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to express myself so it's it's you know it was all of this sort of um incredible revelations that were just rolling and rolling for two years at least three years uh you know I was I mean every every session I saw her I was just in a different place in a in a higher place whether they evoked negative emotions or not they were for me a, a great way of healing and the process just continued and continued and still continues to this day but you know I got to about two years um with seeing her every week and uh, you know I uh, did a few group therapy sessions which was also so profound and amazing you know being in a circle with around 30 people who you know you can really connect with because everybody has issues and it was just this beautiful experience and then you know very early on in the stages of of, uh, seeing my therapist I was then able to start to reconnect with my with a lot of my true childhood friends that um I had probably been disconnected from for a while because I was very heavily uh, distracted with relationships and stuff. But I remember sort of going to each one, um, you know, or two and I'd sit with them and I'd talk to them and I filled them in. And it was so beautiful to see how supportive they were. Um, and I'll always be so grateful for that because there was no judgment. There was no um, there was nothing but pure love and listening and support and the first thing that they all said was I can't believe you went all through through all of this and I had no idea and like you know we're here for you and 
it was then that I recognized friendships were so much more valuable than these toxic relationships I'd given so much of my time to um, because these friends were around forever and that really showed that to me because we'd been disconnected for a while but you know being able to reconnect like that was just so incredibly valuable to me just the love that I felt there was just so supportive and being able to be open about you know the 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 hard stuff I'd been going through with my parents or you know at home and before there was so much shame around admitting that you know I always wanted to protect that I always wanted to protect my parents and I never wanted people to see them in a bad light but I was hurting me by not being able to be open to at least somebody who could just be non-judgmental and when I had friends that I could do that with you know who just completely got it and could slate it with me and and you know completely understand it and you know and make me realize you know it's not normal and that's fine um was amazing and um so yeah the process continued and throughout all of this I just I knew I was working towards better things to what I didn't know I mean at the time it was obviously wow you know my whole life is changing that was the focus um I was doing this whilst uh still studying nutrition so I was really trying to get myself you know keep myself focused although there were times where I'd have to be doing a lot of catch-ups and missing out because emotions were overriding and I'd would have to take a lot of time out for nurturing and so but they were very understanding my school with that um you know I'd explain and they were very uh, very very lovely at uh you know giving me as much time as I needed and uh so I was very very lucky and I'm very grateful for that for that space and opportunity um but it, you know again it was all in line with natural healing and so it was very nourishing to learn it um I was just being mindful of being gentle and then I started to realize more and more okay I'm being opened up to my true purpose here which is natural healing and then I started to link back to when I was younger and how I had all these you know interests in uh, Native American cultures but not recognizing they were anything to do with Native American but I loved eagles were my favorite animals eagle feathers I loved uh, dream catchers all these things and I just you know I out of Peter Pan my whole character in the in the movie I don't know if you guys have, have seen it but the classic Disney was Tiger Lily and I think she plays like maybe five minutes of the whole film but I was so drawn to her and only her I was like wow um funnily enough I never really watched Pocahontas and wasn't that into Pocahontas I was just so like wowed by this five minute uh appearance of Tiger Lily the the Native American in in Peter Pan um so much so that I would call myself Tiger Lily. Uh, that's my my name, Luna Oniari. Oni uh, Oniari is a is a, a play on the words Oniuri in Japanese, which means Tiger Lily. Um, so that is the meaning behind that, behind my my internet alias Luna Oniari, the name that I use on Instagram and the name that I've used, uh, for so long. So um yeah that all started to make sense so I, I felt like I was being drawn towards my true purpose and my and my true light and I still am and it's just always unfolding and 
um, and growing and I'm always learning every day more and more um, and I think around two and a half years after seeing my therapist I you know I'd have a lot of revelations come to me bizarre bizarre times where I'd I remember once sitting in my room and this crazy beam of light was coming in through my windows but it it felt so angelic and so strong I got goosebumps all over my body and just my my instant sort of message in my head was there are angels in this room and I was filled with so much love and it was such a bizarre feeling but I was so elated I was I, I started to cry with joy and so much happiness and I could feel this incredible light sensation filling my room and filling my body and I just remembered that at that moment angels are real um, and again that was something that I, I always felt like when I was younger I always felt like I had two angels with me or angels watching over me and I'd always talk to them when I was younger and I'd ask them for help or I'd speak to God and I'd you know, I, I don't come from a particularly religious family uh, at all. Um, uh, my parents are both non-practicing Muslims, but uh, I, you know, I, I always sort of spoke to God or I prayed to God or I pray, I, and I spoke to my angels and I would have uh, slightly profound dreams when I was younger uh, of these sorts of things and I always saw them as messages and I talked to my grandmother about them because she is a lot more religious, my mum's mum and I remember I'd speak to her when I was younger and she'd be like, You're, you know, it's a, it's a great gift to receive these dreams and that's how I always saw it and so I'd, I'd, I'd look at them um, upon waking when I'd remember them with, with real reflection and... Uh, so you know the sense the sense that happened you know all these things kept happening and and you know there were other times I'd sit in my room and and you know I'd I remember once I had this sort of eureka moment of just this really big feeling of connectedness of understanding that we are all one of how everything makes sense and we are this this just this one energy and I remember sitting in my bed just thinking oh my god I, I need to know I'm not going insane like you know this all makes so much sense and I, I felt like I'd finally been able to make sense of life and it was so overwhelming this information and I don't know where it came from to this day it just it was late in the night and I was sitting and I was just reflecting and and I was like whoa and I started to I just opened up my laptop in excitement and I was just like wow 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 and then I got on to um reading uh, about quantum physics and and Einstein's theories and you know I was like actually uh being able to relate through through these you know through these old theories and through these um uh teachings of quantum physics that I was just like wow you know the, I I'm not going mad this is real this is so real and this is fucking insane and how do I share this with somebody because I still feel like I need to share this and I'm going mad and honestly the next day I just I felt like I went mad I went into such a deep depression because I felt like I had nobody to share this incredible knowledge with and it was something that so many of us were missing out on and, and that made me really sad um, and I had a bit of a breakdown but I was able to express it to my family and my mum was away and uh, we have a family chat group on whatsapp and I was just like I'm alone you know and I started firing out in anger and like uh, I feel this and I feel that and my dad was like go to your mother now my mom was on some uh, healing detox retreat in Spain and I flew out there and I took some time out and was gentle again so it was a lot of these ups and downs um, of nurturing and 
about two years ago. So I, yeah, it was probably four or five years into to, um, having seen a therapist and obviously the times were getting less. So I'd see her once a month or once every few months. Um, and I found myself in, you know, what was the complete opposite of any relationship I'd been in with somebody who was, you know, so functional and so healthy and happy and just loving and um I was attracted to that and I felt good that I was attracted to that because it made me realize I you know I'm healing parts of me but uh, unfortunately over time there was obviously still uh, darkness within me and I couldn't uh, relate as much as I wanted to to someone that was so completely functional um it didn't feel real to me and I needed to connect with someone who who you know is also like healing and and still you know is is coming out of struggles but anyways um he was a beautiful human being and after um you know I was desiring a little bit more um and it yeah it, I guess it didn't uh it didn't spark enough passion or drive or challenge me as much um and so when that relationship ended, I remember asking the universe, like, why does this keep happening? Like, why do I keep going into relationships in pure infatuation? And then within months, I'm just, I feel so unchallenged. I feel, and it's so horrible to say, but bored or, you know, just done. I have no feelings anymore. And it just feels forced. And I feel sad. I feel sad for the person. And I feel sad for myself. And, you know, going through a breakup is not easy. It doesn't matter, you know, who calls it. It's it's horrible. And it, it was hard. And it takes healing. And it, you know, and I didn't want to go through that anymore. And I just, I kept asking the universe, what is love? what is love like please show me like am I incapable of loving like why am I so incapable of loving like what is it like what is it how how can I feel it because I understand this infatuation is not real love the infatuation that we feel in the beginning is a is a beautiful uh, you know spark of, of, of energy and, and physically hormones that you know give us that excitement and that mystery and and you know I, I just thought okay beyond that you know beyond that six month or year period of of that lovely honeymoon phase um, what is actual love what is true intimacy what is love like how how can I access that please show me and that was the one thing I kept asking. And then I wrote down on a paper, which I do uh, when a relationship ends, I, I go into deep healing and I, I learn a lot of my lessons. And I always say relationships are the biggest tools uh, of uh, of um, teaching. They're the biggest tools of learning. They have been for me in in. in in uh, in my life. And, uh, you know, I came out and I was doing a lot of uh, self-healing and self-reflection and and uh you know I was getting myself on track and eating well and at the gym and feeling really good and you know I'd call out questions to the universe and I'd write things down of what I wanted uh in a relationship so every relationship taught me what I didn't want and what I wanted and it always brought me closer and closer to things that I wanted 
But again, relationships are such a reflection of our work and they are uh, big lessons to what we need to know in our lives. So I find relationships always carry huge messages to us. Um, and those aren't just romantic relationships. They can be relationships with our family, friends, um, uh, short, you know, uh, um, what's the word? Like when we, you know, short sort of uh, encounters with, with strangers even, you know, can hold very profound and powerful messages. Um, for me, it was so much uh, learning in romantic relationships and uh you know, I kind of in my head, I thought, I just, I don't, why I'm, I was someone that was in serial relationship, uh, relationship after relationship. And I'm, I'm going to do another episode specifically on relationship stuff, because it is something to me that I do hold very sacred. And I think there's so much to be said and learned from in relationships. And there's so much that we can understand from them. Um, but I was so someone that was always in like relationship after relationship. And I just thought, oh, I'm tired of being in relationships, you know, and I gave myself a good, uh, you know, f for the first time in my life after being 14, I had a year of being single um, before uh, I fell into that really healthy relationship. Um, and it was interesting and it was necessary and I needed it and it was great. And then I was attracted to something really healthy. Um, and then I just accepted after that, that maybe it's in my teachings that I need to, to you know, it, relationship is, in, is, uh, is the way that I'm going to be taught whatever it is that I need to know. And why do I need to fight that so much? Why do I need to fight something that feels natural to me? I, I was quite a, a love addict um, as well in my teenage years. I was very addicted to that feeling of infatuation. My, my relationships were very codependent. Um, before therapy and very destructive um, uh, and then this so this the, the year out that I was single was was uh, very necessary I, I did a lot of dating which I'd never ever done in my life um, with dating I'd go on dates with strangers and it was very interesting for me it was very much more a social experiment than anything else um, uh, but in the end it exhausted me and uh and then I was in a relationship um, and then I came out of that one. And then that's when I was sort of writing all the things that I, you know, that I wanted in my future. But the main question being, what is love? So um, it was then on in my next relationship, which is the relationship that I'm in now and have been in for just over two years um, that I've probably done my most learning and it's been an insane journey, to say the least. Um, so much fear in the beginning. So much fear in the beginning. So much fear. Uh, you know, all of a sudden this person that I didn't seek, like I, I didn't look twice at before, um, you know, or ever thought about in that way, all of a sudden came into my life and was courting and courting and I was he's probably gonna kill me for for saying this um because I'm sure he'd like to admit it in other ways but um I took a fancy at first and then I was just you know sort of like nah. uh <laughs> kind of just getting on with my own thing um but he was persistent and persistent and persistence isn't always a, a good thing if it's not with the right person um but we spent time together here and there and I thought, you know, I was very attracted to this person, but ultimately he felt so familiar to me. And um, 
familiarity is something funny because it, the very word familiar comes from family. It's, it's, the, it's the same relation. And, you know, there are usually uh, we are attracted to things that we, um, you know, we are familiar to in our family, in our in our di- family dynamic, in our upbringing. Um, and he just instantly felt like home. We grew up on the same road. We went to the same nursery, um, but we we really rarely crossed paths um before before this time that we properly met and um yeah he just felt like family and maybe not in all just the good ways in both in both positive and negative ways and uh we truly are attracted to um people that show us the healing that we that we that we still need to sort of carry on from our childhood um whether we're aware of it or not. Um, our relationships, our romantic relationships or any relationships will bring up triggers in us uh, of our work that we, we haven't yet healed. And uh, in the beginning, I felt such strong emotions for him. It was the first time, you know, I felt such strong emotions again and I was so scared. It was just, again, like I said, a lot of fear. And it took me quite a few months, maybe three three months or four months even, to realize that I was living in fear and I needed to live in love and that all these doubts and I was trying to end end it and, and push it away and no, I don't want to be with this person and but then again I was so attracted and it was it was quite destructive in the beginning um you know we were both sort of I think we were both so living in fear and and uh but so drawn to each other and anyways this went on for ages and then I realized uh once I realized that I needed to live in love and you know trust was more in place and experiences and opening up was more in place and this took you know months and months of our relationship into a year and we are still so uh learning and developing and we are in such a different place to where we were when when we met and we are both on our own journeys and I had to also accept that that uh my journey was very different and his journey was very different um but the most important thing is that we were both progressing on our own journeys. We might be in very different places, but we were both progressing and that was important because if one of us were, wasn't progressing, for me, it would have been over. There would have been no point in a relationship going forward if it wasn't really moving forward or if, if there was only one person moving forward. Um, but somewhere along the lines of understanding the difference of living in fear and living in love, I remembered a short conversation I had with someone a long time ago who said you have to be love before you can fall in love and I thought to myself what <laughs> what do you mean be love <laughs> what the hell does that even mean um and I was just kind of like okay and I really tried to think about it but it wasn't clicking I wasn't getting it whatsoever and years later I then sat down in this relationship and I thought to myself you have to be love to fall in love and I realized that the mo the that the biggest relationship I was struggling with was actually the one that I that I had with myself and I sat in front of my mirror on the floor I sat down on this with this full-length mirror in front of me and I just thought you need to love you first before you can love anyone else like we've accepted that we can live in love and we're living in fear right now and I get that but how am I going to choose to live in love I need to love me first 
and everything that makes me scared and everything that puts me down and everything that stops me from anything is my self-esteem and this lack of love that I have for myself because somewhere along the lines that was destroyed, it was torn apart, it was broken down and I thought I was building it up by giving love to other people, by giving so much to other people but really I was crying out for it to be given to me and it was then that I realized I needed to give that to me and I couldn't depend on that from others. I couldn't get that. I couldn't, I, I shouldn't depend on that from, from other people. I, I am capable of loving myself and that is the most powerful and empowering thing that I can give to me. And this whole, again, my perception changed and I was just so then focused on on ways in which I could build my self-esteem and, and raise my my own vibrations and, and raise this love for myself and then understand that everything else would then fall into place. As long as I'm loving me and loving me first, everything else will fall into place. And I just, I begun, I begun my journey. I just, I started by first trying to, uh, shutting out the, the, the voice in my head, I realized that even throughout all these years of healing and emotional healing and spirituality and, and therapy, I still had this niggling voice in my head that was a real cunt. <laughs> and uh, I take that word back because cunt is actually a very sacred word, but it's, what I'm trying to say is it was nasty. And cunts are not nasty, they're beautiful things. <laughs> um, so what I'm trying to say is, is it was this nasty voice in my head that was, even through my efforts, even through my moments of healing, there'd be this little niggling, oh, but you're not good enough, or like, oh, that just looks bad, or, you know, try again harder, or, you know, you shouldn't be doing this, or you should be doing that, or you should, you should, you should, you should, and I was just like, shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know, excuse my swearing, excuse my language, but just shut up, and, and you know, I'd, I'd catch that voice out in the moment and I'd be like, shut up. I'm amazing. You know, I'm I'm amazing and everything I'm doing is amazing. And, and I'm incredibly great at where I'm at right now. And that's how I started. I started my journey of living in love through self-love by changing that voice in my head, shutting it up, catching it out. Every time I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, oh, I look, I'd be like, shut up. I look amazing. Even if I didn't believe it, I'd shut that voice up and I'd say it. And I'd say it to myself and I'd take time to sit with myself and sit in the mirror and, and thank myself, you know, and go through and I'd sit and reflect and go through everything that I'd been to and I'd congratulate my efforts. And I'd take the time and I still do this as as much as I can it's so important that we sit there and and really reflect on on our efforts because sometimes I forget and then sometimes I catch myself in this you know I keep, I'm going 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 and I forget to stop and just thank myself and and be grateful for everything that I've done for me um and so I sat there and 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 uh and I continued to do this and and then with that I started to implement positive affirmations so you know starting I am so I am uh, beautiful I am wise I am brave I am strong I am loving um, Louise Hay she's a great a great lady um, 
for affirmations and has great books of affirmations. You can go on her website. Her name is Louise Hay. She's a, a beautiful, uh, lovely, beautiful soul, uh, older lady who um, is the founder of Hay House Publishing. I'm not sure if you guys have read Hay House Publishing, but they publish a lot of books around healing and self-help. And um, yeah, so, so uh, you know, I would, f- you know, follow her daily affirmations on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, or I just say, I just say what I wanted to. And I do that now, you know, I am, I am brave, I am light, I am love. Um, Any time of the day, sometimes I'm, I'm walking uh, to a meeting, or I'm, I'm just walking, or I'm, you know, doing an errand, or especially in times where I feel insecurity popping in, or I feel uh, fear kicking in, I, I, I put in the affirmations, I am, I am followed by something positive. They're the two most powerful words we can ever start a sentence with for ourselves. And then I, I understood that uh, we are our biggest listeners. We are always listening to what we have to say in our own minds, always. Our body is picking it, up, picking it up. Our cells change to what we are constantly telling ourselves. And there's a great uh, experiment that a uh, Japanese doctor who unfortunately passed away just, just a couple of years ago, Dr. Masaru Omoto, and he does an experiment by... W- by showing how sound can change the molecular structure of water, which we are made up of mostly, um, and how it affects how it affects the the structure of these molecules and how that can cause Ill, illness. Um, and he did a lot of experiment. He worked a lot with children and and uh, teaching that how we talk to our children is. Um, Is, is really how we either encourage their growth or we we stunt it. And he has this experiment with three pots of rice and you can watch this on YouTube. Just uh, look up Dr. Masaru Emoto rice experiment. And lots of people have performed it at home. So you'll probably get a lot of videos of people performing it at home as well. And it's quite amazing. You can do it at home as well. But he puts three pots of rice with water, uncooked, obviously, rice. Um, and every day he'd go and he'd... Uh, congratulate one and and give loving words to one then the other one he'd ignore and then the last one he'd shout at and and say something really horrible to you and after a month the one that he praised and loved was as new just water in 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 rice and water as new the middle one showed a little bit of uh, bacterial or fungal growth it was a little bit stale a little bit moldy the one that he shouted at the most was putrid it was covered in black mold it was uh, you know, just sick, basically. And uh, our cells, and there is so much work around this as well. There's a great book that I'm reading at the moment by Bruce Lipton called The Biology of Belief. And it is so much about uh, the way in in which our cells change um, by what we what, by what we believe simply, by, by our thoughts. And so positive thinking really, it helps us on a mental, but also such a physical, um, physical level, it can change us, you know, it's with words and beliefs that we really have the power to heal ourselves. Um, and so, uh, you know, putting as much of that in as possible. And I started to recognize actually how many people 
around me or how many people we know today uh, really put put themselves down and really talk bad about themselves or are so hard on themselves. And you just have to think you wouldn't be that hard to a friend. Uh, maybe some people do, uh, but you know, when you're coming from love and you 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 love someone and it's a child or or a loved one, you encourage them, you love them, you 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 give them compassion and kindness, and it's that that we really need to give to ourselves because we can be so giving of that to others. Um, but it's so important that we give that to ourselves as well. Um, you know, and without comparing, without judgment of, of others, without judgment of ourselves, um, you know, accepting we're on our own journeys and just accepting us for where we're at and doing our best to, to live life at our fullest potential. And that's by really just going with our intuition and doing what feels best in that moment of time no shoulds, no, I should be doing this or I should be doing that, but just going with what feels good and accepting it. Sometimes that might be just lying in bed all day and reading your favorite book and that's great and just accept that. Sometimes that's going and climbing mountains. Um, You know, that's great. Just go for whatever feels good and don't uh, be judging of it and, and don't be judging of of, of your trying and your failures, uh, they're all lessons and, and be gentle and kind and encouraging, you know, even in, in uh, a daily practice, you know, at the time when I was going to the gym, I'd notice like a lot of people get very frustrated in a class when they can't do something. And it's just, you just be gentle and be like, that's okay. You know, just build up to it slowly. Rome wasn't built in a day, as cringy as that expression may be. It wasn't built in a day. You know, nothing happens. Nothing's on fast track. Um, We're all human beings. Things take time. Development and growth takes time. Um, It's, we just need to be gentle to ourselves in the process. And um, so this living in love uh really was just bringing on self-love in kind words and in other ways of nurturing um which I think I cover in episode three nurturing with self-love so uh that goes into a little bit more detail on how we can nurture ourselves through self-love but through you know through eating good foods through preparing nourishing meals for ourselves um for nourishing meals for ourselves and for others so you know life is giving uh and receiving so we must uh we must, uh, as much as we receive, we must give also, but we must give to ourselves first as much as we can in order to truly give back. And uh, yes, so it's, it's uh, you know, kind words, gentleness, compassion, kindness, all towards ourselves, positive affirmations, believing you are incredible, believing you are good and doing good. Um, these are really ways of living in love, living consciously and in kindness, um, compassionate to our environment, to, uh, to, to others around us, to ourselves. This is really living in love. And once we can get to that stage of really living in love and, and being so full of light, that's not to say that we are always uh, this happy, smiley being and we always need to be this, you know, being spiritual and, be, and living in love and living in light doesn't mean being happy all the time. It means being authentic. It means being true to ourselves and living in authenticity 
And that means if a bad time comes, you accept it, you deal with it, you, you, you feel it, you feel the bad times, you can express it, you, you can talk about it. It's not something to shut down or, or shun or be ashamed of. It's, it's authentic to you. It's part of your process. Um, but ultimately, love rules the way. And uh, these hard times are always just breaking us open further and further to, to love you know, they teach us the hard times so that we can open our hearts even bigger to love, not to shut it down. They're there to open us up. And um, because love is our ultimate healer. It really, truly is in every sense of the way. I, uh, it's uh, been a really beautiful episode to record with you guys and I would love to hear any of your thoughts and your opinions on how you um, how you choose to live in love or, or any stories you guys have been through. I love hearing from you guys. I love connecting with you guys. Um, it's been incredible uh, being able to talk with you guys and uh, your emails and messages are amazing so you guys can contact me in any way that you want to um, you know share your stories um, your expressions this is uh, you know a, a place where I'd like to create a space of non-judgment and openness and uh, where you guys can feel like you can also express as much as I'm able to express on this podcast. Uh, it's incredible to be able to open up the space for all of you guys to express and in a completely safe and non-judgmental non space. I am uh, thinking of doing a women's listening circle, hopefully soon this summertime in London. Um, so you can stay tuned about uh, about that um, through my Instagram um, or through you can uh, subscribe free on my newsletter and that's simply just by uh, going on my website a table for one that's the number one dot com and uh, you can find all of my links to uh, my socials and contacts there. Um, so yeah, you can subscribe and I can tell you guys more about that. It's going to start off as something very intimate and it, it's just creating a physical space of what this podcast um, has been able to create, which is just a physical space of uh, non-judgment and listening with a little a little bit of extra magic of meditation and Reiki and yummy healthy treats. Um, and yeah, I am still working on my ebook at the moment and it is all really coming together so fast and so amazingly. So you can also stay tuned for that. It will be uh, full of beautiful recipes or plant-based and it's called Eat for Love. Uh, again, very much falls in line with living in love. If you've listened this far, thank you so much for listening and staying tuned. And I am... Um, going to leave you again with a track of the day and I hope you're all having a lovely evening, afternoon, morning, wherever you might be and yeah that's it. Have a lovely, lovely day. Tabs on your tongue I just 
shepherds I heard the sheep sleep Now my only one Broken sweethearts Who sleep apart Lost to find your side spines Who sleeps out Suppose now sure she makes a sound the sound she makes to calm me down. Thank you. 